Women think that men are afraid of their feelings because men are always trying to control women's feelings, you know, be rational. What they don't understand is that that's men trying to soothe themselves. It, controlling you is just to a means to an end. The end is I'm flooded and I don't know what to do with what I'm feeling. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. Have you ever thought that men might be, in general, afraid of women? Have you ever felt afraid of a woman's emotions or your own? Do you ever walk on eggshells around women? And do you loathe that? Well, in this episode, my guest, Dr. Avram Weiss, and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Dr. Avram Weiss is a psychotherapist, an award-winning author, and public speaker, his decades-long work on understanding the internal lives of men culminated with his recently published bestseller, Hidden in Plain Sight, How Men's Fears of Women Shape Their Intimate Relationships. In fact, it is this very subject that caught my attention when I first heard of his name from a mutual friend, Christine Weber. Thank you, Christine. Um, Are Men Afraid of Women? When I look back at my life, I can clearly see that a fear of women began with a fear of girls. From my earliest memories as a kid in grade school, I was often petrified around girls. Already feeling attraction to them at a young age, I had no idea what to do around them. What was I really afraid of? Anyway, that fear persisted well into my teens, my 20s, even my 30s. And if I'm honest, even today, I can tap into feeling that fear of woman, of my wife, of the power of woman to potentially overwhelm me, subjugate me and control me, or reject me and thus convey something potentially and painfully true about my manhood. I don't really believe any of that today, at least not for long when it does arise, but that's only because I've done years of personal transformational work that has enabled me to feel deeply connected to my core as a man. Still, my wife's emotions can overwhelm me at times, and I do sometimes still fear them, if not her. Anyway, I'm excited for you to experience my conversation with Dr. Weiss today. He's incredibly insightful and brilliant, and he has a lot to say to men that I think can help liberate us and the women we love from an ancient and primal fear that probably doesn't really serve men or women. Now, before we dive in, if you're a man who's struggling with an intimate relationship, maybe your partner isn't happy and you don't know why, or your sex life sucks or is non-existent, or maybe your partner wants things from you that you either don't understand what she wants or you just don't know how to give, like more connection, more vulnerability, more presence, or more safety. Well, you need to know about my new Elevate Your Relationship live coaching program for men. It's a six-month live coaching experience, which means you get to work with me personally, and it's specifically for men who are wanting to show up more powerfully, be more present, practice more skillful communication, and create more passionate connection with their partner. In other words, it's for men who simply want greater fulfillment in their relationships and who want that for their partners too. In this live six-month coaching experience, you will learn how to better navigate conflict, to even use your differences and disagreements to not create chaos or stagnation, but turn your differences into passionate connection. You'll learn how to create and maintain healthy boundaries, how to stand in your power, and in ways that won't turn her off, but rather draw her towards you, if she wants that. We'll dive into how to be your full, authentic self in the relationship, how to create emotional connection, how to practice the sacred art of masculine-feminine intimacy for deeper passion, and more. If Elevate Your Relationship sounds like it might be a good fit for you and you'd like to be considered for this, go to brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R. It's Brian with a Y reeves.com slash E-Y-R and fill out the application there. 
If it does seem like we're a good fit, you'll be invited to schedule a no-cost, no-pressure phone consultation to explore if Elevate Your Relationship is a good fit for you. And I mean that. I don't do pressure sales. I hate it when people do it to me. I will never do that to you. Again, the website is brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R, Brian with a Y. And if you're in a relationship and you're struggling, don't delay. Go to that link, fill out the application. It is your birthright to thrive in relationship, and I'm committed to helping you do that. Now, back to my conversation with Dr. Avram Weiss. If you listen to this episode and are served by it, please consider leaving a review on your podcast app. It goes a long way towards helping other people understand that this is a trustable, meaningful space. I sure appreciate it. Now take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Dr. Avram Weiss, welcome to Men This Way, sir. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to it. So am I. I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since I was introduced to you by our mutual friend, uh, Christina Weber. Uh -huh. She introduced your work to me and just immediately I was grabbed by the, the I don't know, the let's say the opening premise, certainly the way that I discovered you, this, this, the premise of, of, of men's fear of women. Yes. So I'm really excited to dive in with you. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, but first, I just want to, I want to ask you, you recently were on a panel with the presidential candidate, Marianne Williamson. Is that right? Did that happen? No, I actually, she backed out. And uh, so uh, that did not happen. Ah, uh, she backed out. Mm. I was last weekend a keynote speaker at a new experience at a matchmakers conference, an international matchmakers conference, which was, oh. was really a lot of fun. How was that? That sounds fascinating. It was really, it was really interesting. And one of the connections I made is I was taught as a therapist, when you start working with a couple, one of the things you ask them about is how they met and what they were attracted to in each other as a way of sort of reminding them and reconnecting. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, here's a room full of people who are the ones that make that happen. The, these they don't know how much they have to do with how well these or not well these relationships go so it's sort of a interesting a shout out to them like your work is more important than you might know interesting yeah that's fascinating so the, and this was an international conference was there uh i mean people from how many countries well um mostly european mostly america and european but there were four women there from the ukraine mm. And I was just stunned. I mean, I just like, first of all, it took them 50 hours to get there. And they're wow. doing matchmaking in Ukraine now. And I thought, boy, on my bravest day, I couldn't clean your boots. You know, it's like, <laughs> Love finds a way, doesn't it? I just was so impressed with these women. I just, yeah. just that they were there. Yeah. That they're pursuing professional development in the middle mm -hmm. of, you know, I don't oh. know if they have drinking water. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's remarkable. So that, that made a big impression on me. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Uh, I've, I follow a lot of what's going on there. Watch a lot of videos online and, uh, yeah. man, it definitely reminds me to, it sounds so cliche, but it's also just so real to count my blessings, you know, Absolutely. The, the comforts and the, the, the ease with which I get to live my life for the most part. Well, and I'm fairly confident that a bomb's not going to drop on me today. Right. You know, it's like, and that I'll have water and heat and, you know, food and pretty much take those things for granted. But yeah. uh, to go back to your first opening statement, what, what fascinates me about that is, you know, that the process by which once you see something, you can't stop seeing mm -hmm. it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the other, of course, that's obviously that's happened with me. But the other part of it is, how come you don't see this? Like, I can't stop seeing it. And I don't understand, particularly men, I don't understand how men could not see this. And in my experience in general, it doesn't take much for them to see it, but they haven't seen it. So you're specifically talking about the fear that men have of yeah. women like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's yeah. so present. Yeah. But not seen. Yeah, when we when you and I first uh, connected a few weeks back, yeah. I I shared with you a story that uh, I'll I'll just reshare again now. Yeah, sure. When 
I was probably late 20s and I found, I don't know where I found it, but I found this little lapel pin, this little black lapel pin with white writing on it. Yeah. And it simply said, I will not be afraid of women. And that just leapt out at me as it was a, it's at the time it seemed playful. It seemed silly. It seemed, you know, even a little ridiculous, but boy, it connected with something in me. It really spoke to something in me. And I, I don't know that I could have articulated it at that time, but again, late twenties, I don't know if I was in a relationship. I don't think I was in a relationship at that moment, but I remember embracing that and going, yeah, 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 this is great. I will not be afraid of women. <laughs> like I needed right. it like a mantra. But did uh, you, you have any clear idea of the ways in which you might be afraid of women? None. Just nope. sort of an intuitive. Yeah. Just sort of a general vague. Yeah. I don't understand women. I'm afraid of them. I, yeah, I wouldn't even have used those words. Right, right. It, almost pre-verbal. <laughs> it was pre-verbal. It was very yeah. primal. It was. I, yeah. What was I tapping into there? Well, it's a great story. And, and, and oddly, I was looking through my notes from that conversation. I was just online right before our conversation looking for that pin, thinking maybe somebody on Etsy or uh, something. <laughs> found it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what they're tapping into, my experience is when I say something about this to men, it goes almost exactly the same way. First, they bow up and they get defensive. Like you're saying to another man, you're afraid of a woman, they're going to get defensive. But it's remarkable how quickly you can just, let's see, you can see the idea sort of dawn, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, and then, then, then it's like the dominoes start falling um, because it's like so much that hasn't made sense starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. So men know about this, but in a very distant. So so men tease each other. The worst thing that men tease each other about is being controlled by women. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. my original title for the book, which I didn't get, was Pussy Whip. Because what the hell does that mean? And what, why is it an insult? Like, why is the that the worst thing you can think of? It's not only controlled by a woman, is what you're saying, but yeah. controlled by your need for a woman. Yeah. Look, I can understand why your publishers may not have wanted to go with that title, <laughs> but I think you were onto something there. Yeah. I think well, it would certainly grab there. people's attention. Now, how did you wake up to this yourself? How did you first see it? It's a very simple story. Um, I was very lucky early in my career. I got training in a particular kind of research slash listening. We would take, you know, like a paragraph of someone's spoken speech and a group of us would be analyzing one or two paragraphs for half a day. Mm. So like a really, really deep kind of listening. Mm. Um, and so then I started working a lot with men and I, um, here I am going, it sure sounds like, like they would, they would recite the litany of things they were unhappy with their partner about. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, well, have you talked with her about this? And they would look at me like I I'd lost my mind. Like, yeah. what a stupid question. <laughs> no, of course I haven't talked to her. Right. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? And then it sort of gradually became clear to both of us uh. that there's really on only one thing that would explain it, which is that they were afraid to talk to her. So we just kept. Yeah. So the book is dedicated to the men who I, you know, the hundreds of men that I spent thousands of hours talking to because they're the ones who and then of course i saw it in my own life and it made a lot of sense to me as well in my own life what did you notice i mean how old were you at this time when you were doing this research and having this epiphany probably my late 50s oh wow so i mean it wasn't you weren't i mean look i i know you know men of of our generation i mean i'm, I'm a I'm, I'm in my late 40s I didn't, this stuff wasn't widely available. There was no fucking internet even no. 10 years ago or YouTube no. where I could learn about this stuff. So I think a lot of men today have the benefit of just being able to quick, they're just a Google search away from stumbling into this treasure trove of, of, of insight and epiphany. And yeah, but you know, go ahead and Google it and see what you find because before yeah. this book, I, you know, I can tell you from, yeah. you know, hours spent yeah. reading the professional literature, what's odd is Freud wrote about it 120 years ago, 140 years ago. Um, he's very famously quoted as, uh, now I can't pull it up, but it was something like basically, what the hell do women want? It's one of the, like the famous things that people refer to, like basically just saying, I have no clue. 
was Freud saying he had no clue either? Yes. yes. Oh, that's so reassuring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's so yeah. comforting. So, so it was a thing yeah. back in the early days, and yeah. then it completely disappears. And then it starts coming back in, you know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, there starts being serious research about men for the first time. And one of the pioneers wrote about what he called gender role conflict, which is the gap between who the culture says you're supposed to be as a man and who you see yourself as. And the bigger that gap correlates with depression, anxiety, suicide, violence, psychosomatic, you know, heart disease. I mean, like 200 studies showing basically how bad gender role socialization is for men. And his conclusion was it was fear of women. He didn't expand mm. it. Mm -hmm. This is actually the guy who wrote the um, forward to the book. Yeah. But he was out there. Go ahead. Well, let's make this practical. Um, yeah. <sighs> Okay, so you're discovering this in your 50s, looking back on your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. How did this show up for you? How did fear of woman manifest for you? What did it look like? Well, it, it manifests in one way in staying in a marriage for a decade longer than I should have. I don't, I want to be really careful. I'm not saying that in, I don't want that to sound like I'm blaming my wife or being pejorative. I think either one of us 10 years earlier could have said, neither one of us are very happy and we've tried everything we can, but both of us were so attached to the structure of our lives that it really didn't even occur to me as an option because I was so scared of what it would, and, and it is, I mean, it's, if you want to blow up your life, divorce is about the best way I know of. And so it wasn't a, a groundless fear, but it was a fear that was so paralyzing, I couldn't even see possibility beyond it yeah i i wonder i think what's readily probably a lot of men can immediately identify with when we talk about fear um is the is is fearing emotions fearing big feelings yes. yes and for a lot of men what do women represent but the possibility of big feelings yeah big emotions in themselves in there in the in the for the man in his own yes. body yes of course yes. of course right. right well of course to you but it doesn't look that way to women women think that men are afraid of their feelings right because men are always trying to control women's feelings you know be rational right, right. what they don't yes. understand is that that's men trying to soothe themselves it, controlling you yeah. is just to a means to an end the end is I'm flooded yeah. and I don't know what to do with what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I hope our, our men listening and women as well, take that in, really hear that. I think that's such a profound huge. and important. It's huge. It's huge. It's massive because we, yeah. I think we discover it's not personal, which doesn't make it feel any better. Right. The way I would say this is not about you. It's, I mean, it's not personal. about you. Right, but it's not. It's not that. Um, I think it gets misunderstood, and it, and it's not wrong to say that it's a form of control. It's just a misunderstanding of what the intent and the end right. result. So for yeah. women, women are of course completely baffled by this idea. That they're the ones who think I'm crazy. They they really just will argue with me because it doesn't. How could men be scared? They have all the cards. The hell are you scared about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, you know it's, it's. I don't want to step into anything too much, but you know it's like white people uh, protesting and saying all lives matter. Right. Yeah, but your life already matters, <laughs> so yeah. you don't really need a protest movement to say your life matters. Yeah. So women feel that way about men. Like, what the hell are you complaining about? Mm -hmm. But when they understand that fear is behind those controlling behaviors, it is a radical shift in perspective from sort of angry criticism to empathy. And mm -hmm. let me, in fact, read you a quick quote. This is from a, I did a very interesting workshop with men and women met for three days and then four months later for three days. And during that four months, it's the women who came back and reported the biggest changes in their relationships. And this is from one of the women at that workshop. She wrote, I understand that my husband has not been ignoring, dismissing, or hurting me out of a lack of respect, as I suspected, but that he's scared. Mm. Scared to hurt me, 
scared to mess up with me, mm. scared to not be enough. I had honestly never imagined that he was scared and that I was so profoundly important to him that he was constantly terrified I would leave mm. him. Mm. And the highlight, what I would highlight here is that I was so important to him because what women mm. often believe is that all of men's withdrawal defensive withdrawal is an indication of them not being important mm -hmm. and it's really it's really the withdrawal is because you're so important yeah yeah i think that's one of the things i notice men and certainly myself get get so so oh wrapped around the axle when I, when i would hear my partner say why don't you care about me something to that degree you don't care about me you know, I, I've since I've since learned, uh, and my wife and I don't have that kind of conversation because we have boundaries around the way that we dialogue. But I know for a lot of for for many years, I would get that feedback from yeah. from girlfriends. And in fact, the reality was, is it was so infuriating because, of course, I fucking cared about them. And again, I didn't have these words. I didn't have this yeah. understanding to realize that I just I just didn't know what to do. Right. I had no clue how to be skillful how to right. be helpful to be useful to um and and so so let's again let's let's break this down a bit more for for men that are still listening going well yeah okay i, I kind of get it i, I get it but, but what what again what does it look like what are, what are some of the the ways that this could manifest for men in relation well, i'll give you i mean I, we're, you're describing one way it looks like which is that the more emotional an argument gets, first of all, all of the things men do to avoid conflict at any cost, mm -hmm. including a guy who said to me, I can tell if my wife is angry at me when I walk through the door before I see her, I can feel it in the air, which is about mm -hmm. as conflict avoidant as a human being could get. Mm -hmm. So there's all that about how terrified they are of conflict, which why? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then on just a simple everyday level, Something I think, unfortunately, most of us can relate to is you're at work or you're out someplace and some of your friends stop by, hey, you know, a bunch of us are going to go out, get a beer and watch the game after work. You want to join us? For most men, the first thought is, oh, I don't know if my wife's going to like that. Before they even yeah. figure out whether they would like to go. And the sad thing is that, again, I don't want to paint women as the enemy here. Because mm -hmm. most of the time, the women are home going, I wish you would go out with your friends. Yeah. You know, please make a friend, go out with your friend. So it's a straw man. You know, yeah. it's not it's not yeah. women. Men will tell you that it's women trying to control them. Yeah. But it's self-generated. Yeah. Yeah. I think in that I, I, I see in that that dilemma, a lot of men get caught up in this this experience of I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Exactly. That's I, I all the time. I don't want to have to ask her permission, but also I fucking feel like I need her permission. That's right. That's right. And so the man either shuts down and just doesn't doesn't live his life, and as you said, becomes a straw man. Or that man then may over respond and do whatever the hell he wants, and right. consequences be damned, her feelings be damned. But either way, you've taken something that should be a pleasurable, like you know, yeah. if he asked her. She would say, yeah. oh, honey, that's great. You know, it's like, I'm right. obviously not everybody, but most right. people would say, oh, right. I'm so happy for you. I know you've really wanted to get to know those guys. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah. A pleasurable on both sides experience becomes a power struggle. Yeah. And, and there's really, no, there's no skin in it for either of them. Yeah. Great. Got it. So the, the, the fear or the need to, to, or the belief that I need permission. That's one. What's, what's, what are some others ways that that can look like? Well, uh, sort of looping back the, the fear of emotions, the fear for mm -hmm. men who just mm -hmm. don't have nearly as much experience in talking about or processing their own emotions because the culture doesn't really support it. Then when they get into an intimate relationship with a woman, it's, they're overwhelmed. They're they're used to being in positions where of strength and authority and privilege. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they come in, they're in an argument and they don't know what the hell's going on. Everything's in Chinese. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. what you're saying. Uh -huh. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh -huh. um, there's a 
Have you seen the uh, the woman with the nail in her head video? Oh, oh yeah, I've yeah, played so, it played it in my men's groups many times. Yeah, it's hilarious, but but it's it's not that far off from yeah. how arguments between men and women often go, which is he's saying hey, you got a nail in your head. This isn't about your feelings. And then you know when he says one little supportive thing, she feels so much better, even yeah. though she has a nail in her head. You know what I'm really struck by in this one is is that often not always but often the strongest most courageous in the boardroom and on the playing field man like you said the one that's used to maybe dominating in a lot of other Absolutely. parts of his life all of a sudden gets into a relationship and cannot exactly. be with his partner's upset and i'll tell you an interesting offshoot of that hmm. is bondage so I read a great memoir by a dominatrix mm. who says there's no genital or sexual contact in these dungeons. Mm -hmm. That men are erotically charged by the experience of being dominated. Mm. And so it's like the forbidden fruit for men. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always supposed to be in charge and dominant. And so the, the forbidden becomes eroticized, which is you go and you pay somebody mm -hmm. to dominate you. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, at least, look, I, I've not myself experimented with that. All I really know about it is from movies or from friends that have. And I do often see, again, it's like the strong CEO yeah. dominant yeah. type that needs to put himself in the, you know, to tie himself up in leather chains and, and ball gagged and all kinds of things <laughs> at the mercy of someone else. It's a great illustration. Uh, there's a colleague of mine who's working in the area of men's health and why men die before women. Mm. And I think what we're talking about is a big part of it that, you know, you basically hold yourself accountable for everything that happens in the world all the time. Mm -hmm. the, I think the, the um, bondage stuff is a, is a they only break from that you know it's like i want to go the opposite direction i mm -hmm. not only don't want to be in charge i want to be completely submissive yeah so fear of her emotions or her upset or her fear of being dominated essentially yeah. so it, again it, it in in the dominatrix world it's a it's a taboo explored yes. behind closed doors away from all the world exactly. to see Yes. Whereas in relationship, it's, it's, it, well, it's taboo. I don't want to explore it. Number one, you know, I, I saw this years ago. This really fascinated me. I was with a bunch of fraternity brothers uh, that I hadn't seen in many years. And these guys like to drink. In fact, they couldn't go, they couldn't be in the same room with each other without having alcohol present. And I remember we went out uh, one night, this was about seven years ago. I, I had just met my the woman who would become my wife, Sylvie, uh, like a few days before I went on this trip with uh, these these fraternity old fraternity brothers. And anyway, we're in this bar and we're I mean, Moscow mules are just, you know, showing up in my hand left and right. Guys, we're drinking. We're having an amazing time. I remember we look across the way and one of my one of my uh, old fraternity brothers, his name's Jeff. You could just see his eye. He was so plastered. His eyes were cross eyed and his face. He, alcohol was overwhelming him yep. and what did we do but make fun of him right you can't hold your alcohol as if right. like, like that's even what we're trying to do here right but <laughs> we're indulging in this yeah you know we're getting into our feelings our own feelings love for each other love for life having fun laughter being sensual and just in the moment and and we're still making fun of the guy yeah. Who can't, who can't hold it. Yep. And, and I'll tell you, I, I, obviously I wasn't there, but another thing that often happens in those situations, when guys get closer, somebody makes a homophobic joke. Yeah. And the reason they do that is that yeah. they, they get close enough to feel uncomfortable with the level of closeness. And mm. so they're basically saying, no, I'm not gay. You know, right. I love you, but yeah. I'm not gay. Yeah. 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 And so again, then this shows up in their intimate relationships, the fear of, 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 it looks like wanting to control her emotions, but it's really an attempt to control our own and yeah. our incapacity to be with. Absolutely. Uh, and unfamiliar, unfamiliarity, by the way, you said these are guys who like to drink the way I would say that is these are guys who need to drink. I don't think that's a like operating there. 
Oh, 100%. They, they, they need to. I mean, I remember first night we were hanging out together. We showed up, met at this house, and, and we didn't have alcohol yet. And, and I, the, 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 the rally cry is, where are we drinking? Where are we going to drink, boys? That's, that's the tell. It's, it's not even where are we going people. out. Yeah. Where are we drinking? Where's a good restaurant? <laughs> right. I'll tell you a modern version of that someone told me recently, which I love, which is he gets together with his fraternity brothers, and their thing is... They start the evening by everyone putting their cell phone in some kind of bowl or something mm. on the table. And the first one to look at his phone has to buy a round for the group. Oh, wow. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that. Well, Very look, I, different intent. You know, I, I love, I love these men and there's a reason that I don't hang out with them anymore. I don't, they're yeah. just not in my life. We just, right. I just nothing wrong with alcohol and drinking and, but it doesn't work for my body, for my system. It's, um, you know, my, my wife doesn't drink for similar reasons. It's just over, yeah. it just, it doesn't take us yeah. to good places. And, and, um, so, okay, we got, uh, the, the, I'll add, I'll add one more. Yeah. Let's, let's hear one more, one more, because now we're sort of been working our way to deeper places. Okay. The, the, the deepest fear for most men, which may not be immediately apparent is men are really terrified of being abandoned. Yeah. And the simplest way to know the truth of that is when in heterosexual couples, when they break up, who gets repartnered quicker? Men, by far. Mm. And so that's where you see the disowned dependency. They can't wait to get out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the ink's mm. not trying to divorce and they're on the dating apps. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yep. You know, I've heard it expressed recently from some men um, that, that are in one of my relationship coaching programs about the, the feeling that they don't belong, mm. the feeling, even in their own family system, in their own families with their wives, they, the, the fear or the feeling that I, I don't belong usually because of past mistakes that they, that they're still, that they're, that they're still carrying shame and guilt yeah. and, and uh, around. And so they have right. this feeling of, of being in exile inside of their own relationship. That's a really interesting, and I think there might be another way I could understand that, which is um, I think even without the bad behavior, that men often on some level understand that they are not connecting as deeply emotionally as the other people in the family. Like most men mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. that their wife is closer to the kids than they are. Yeah, that's part of it. Yep, you yeah. got it. Yep. So when my dad died when I was pretty young, I was 27. And I was very close with my father. And, you know, I feel emotional just even it's 50 years ago that he died, um, but not quite 45. But I decided I knew all along I would give his eulogy. And my biggest fear was not that I would cry. My biggest fear is that I wouldn't cry and that I would be that would be the final like you are a cold, heartless son of a bitch. Wow. Thank God, you know, I mm. bawled and bawled. I could barely get through it, but I was terrified that I would be exposed as a shell of a man. I think you're you're right on the money. It's what one of these these men shared that he noted his wife was the one who was closest to the kids. He was away from home through his, because of his work a lot. And even though the children are grown, he still yep. sees her connection with them. And he's just like, he's trying to find his way back into belonging. It's got to hurt. I mean, it's got to be painful. And, and I have a very simple uh, prescription for those men. Let's hear it. Send your wife away for at least three days. Do not allow her to arrange any play dates. Do not allow her to make meals in advance. Do not hire a sitter. Do not all on your own and figure it out. Because if you spend three days alone with your kids with no help, you will figure it out. Mm -hmm. And when your wife comes back, that you'll be closer to an even playing field. You will feel more. Mm -hmm. Now you'll figure out your way, which will be different than her way, but the kids are fine. You know, maybe it's pizza for dinner or whatever, but it, even in three days, it'll change and get the guy sort of onto a path. He can keep working. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, I think this, you know, the fear of being abandoned, the fear of, of, being disconnected, exiled from the from the family, from 
and I know for a lot of men, it's, it's so primal, uh, you know, we're tribal creatures. It's, it's not even a fear of yeah. losing out on this woman, but just losing out, just being exiled. Yeah. Like, like my, my general anxiety, fear of women that I couldn't have really articulated years ago. Right. Um, I think men that same, it's just a, the fear that I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to be exiled. I'm going to be punished. And mom, you know, mom and it's, it's that childhood mom and dad won't love me if I don't do things the way they want me to. Exactly. And so men show up in ways to not be abandoned. Yes. Which doesn't work. No, it doesn't. In the same way that in sports, we talk about, you know, when a team starts playing not to lose. Right. You know, never win. Um, you're, you're sort of circling around another one of the fears, which is the fears of being exposed as inadequate uh, uh -huh. because men are socialized to believe that their value is, is limited to what they do and what they produce and yeah. how they protect and care for women and children. Women don't understand whenever they get upset that men get angry. Like, why wouldn't you be compassionate? Well, the reason is that when women get upset to men, that means I've failed. Yep. He's unhappy. I'm not, a, I'm not an adequate man. And this is very much a part of sexual relationships between men and women because men become often so preoccupied with pleasing their partner that it yep. becomes more of an anxious than a pleasurable experience for them. They're yep. more worried about performance Looking and it's good. like they're not really there. Yeah. Which is yeah. sad. Yeah. Uh, in the, the first number of years of my relationship with my wife, we noticed this pattern and called it out that, that I only ever got mad when she was mad. I literally, I literally never got angry until she huh. was angry. Huh. And it, I wasn't angry, like angry at whatever the thing is she was angry. I wasn't joining in her anger huh. and fo focusing it I, on the thing. <laughs> no, yeah. I was angry yeah. at her anger. But you can see without this sort of framework, why that would just baffle the hell out of you. Like, what is this? It doesn't make any sense until you think about yeah. it this way. Of course. That's a great example yeah. of yeah. once you sort of have this yeah. lens, yeah. how stuff can really make more sense. And it was so, it wasn't, I wasn't consciously thinking right. no, any, I just, it was an immediate visceral yeah. response. She's expressing, there's emotion coming through her voice. There's now look, look, a part of it is, you know, I, I had a lot of rage in my home as a child. I was very, I was terrified by yeah. one of the adults in my home through their, yeah. their expression of emotion and anger. So, and I know a lot of men have experienced that either the, yeah. the overwhelming expression of, of what feels like unsafe emotionality yeah. or yeah. the utter absence of it because it, emotions weren't welcome. And so it's stoic, stoicism yeah. and, and and numbness were 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 rewarded and 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 desired, right? Right. In my case, it was the over, right, the unsafe expression of emotions. And so I I, I can the moment my wife would express something, if I couldn't intellectually make sense of it, which I often couldn't, <laughs> at least when it was directed at me. If she's angry at other things, well, even that could be sometimes challenging, right. You know, but especially if it was directed at me, which it's going to be in an intimate relationship. Women have a lot more practice at this stuff. It's not, yeah. you know, I think it gets framed somehow like men are missing a gene or something, you know, like there's something fundamentally wrong with men. And I think that's nonsense. I think this is all gender role socialization. So girls are off playing with other girls and they're playing relationship games. They're playing fantasy relationship, house, school, doctor, all this stuff. And they have relationships with each other and they have conflict and they work it out and everybody's mm -hmm. talking to everybody and they're mm -hmm. practicing all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't know what they're doing. We have mm -hmm. no clue. We don't do that. We yeah. play competition and aggression games. Yeah. So then when we come together, we don't know what they're talking about. Right. I, I wrote an article called um, What I Learned from My Rabbits About Relationships. Mm. And we, we had a male rabbit who had not been socialized with other rabbits. He just grew up with us. And then we found out they were pair bonded animals. So we got a female mm. and a female would approach him and she would she would basically put her her head underneath his chin. And that means groom me. Mm. But he didn't know what it meant. 
So she literally <laughs> would take a bite out of them. There'd be clumps of fur. Uh, wow. She got angry. And this went on for several days until he figured out wow. how to groom her. And then they just were inseparable. That's interesting. And I yeah. thought, there it is. Yeah, I, I can definitely see how my wife spent a lot of time biting me in our early days until I got some clues about some things. But you're the smart one because mm -hmm. the other way that goes is men who can't allow themselves to be taught anything, yeah. you know, they're, they're not comfortable with the humility of saying, well, I don't know a lot about this, but I'd sure like to learn. And then that is a just conflict laden marriage forever. Yeah. Well, I was, I was definitely not the smart one in my twenties and thirties. I was bitten by lots of women and I didn't get a clue and I got angry at them for biting me. And yeah. like, then they're the yeah. crazy, there's the crazy bitch that I can't, that, that doesn't know how to love. Right? It's interesting how well the analogy, I never thought about this, but from the female rabbit's perspective, she bites him because she assumes he knows right. how to groom. Yeah. It doesn't occur to her that he doesn't know how she's yeah. just like, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Every rabbit knows how to do this. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, and if she had words, if she had you know, language similar to what we use, well, she, it would probably sound nagging. Yeah. At first, it might be inquisitive and curious. And then when yeah. he still doesn't get a clue because he doesn't think he needs a clue, then right. it, 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 it escalates to what's wrong with you? Why aren't you right. complaining it's, and, and on right. and on until uh, eventually she, she either murders him with bite. a carrot or she... <laughs> or she bails off or he learns something. Yeah. So interesting. Let's talk about uh, neediness. Yeah. Here's something that I know also men have a very complicated relationship yes. with is that, yes. like this word needy. Yep. And uh, again, damned if you do, damned if you don't. We men need to be needed. Yes. And yet, like if We're I don't feel needed. needed I don't feel needed by my partner. What am I here for? That's right. But then on the other side of that is the, is the, the timeless complaint of men that she is too needy. Too needy. I don't want someone who's too, what, what, what's going on there? I think what's going on there is men being disowned from their own neediness. And so it's the same as we were talking about with emotions, any emotion that when women get too expressive of neediness, it activates men's fears of their own neediness. And yeah. so they don't want anybody to be needy. They don't want yeah. that feeling in the room. So I'm gonna suppress it in you so that I don't feel it. And again, um, men repartner much faster than women. Yeah. So there's that neediness. And if you, mm -hmm. you know, compare and contrast, it's men who run for the next relationship mm. more than women. And so, I think that supports what I'm saying and that they are actually at yeah. least as needy, Yeah. but they don't have any kind of permission to express that. So again, yeah. back yeah. to pussy whipped, like, oh, oh, you need a woman. Right. We're, 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 you're nothing. You're not a real man. Mm. You need a woman because everyone who's making that joke, wow. it's true for them too. And as long as I can make fun of it in you, then you're not going to notice it in me. Yeah, it's really something. I mean, I, I, I first heard that message in, as a high school student, probably maybe even yeah. middle school. And I, I haven't heard it in probably 30 years, but I also don't hang out in circles where men speak like that anymore, right. for the most right. part, except when I'm with my fraternity brothers. And then, right. you know, <laughs> we get at it from every angle. Yeah. Uh, but it really is fascinating. I hadn't even really made that connection until you just said it right now, how even that is a very strong and overt message to not need yeah. your partner. And what's sad, I'm thinking back what you just said about your fraternity brothers, because I'll bet you some of the guys who are crowing the loudest about not needing women mm. have very satisfying, mutually interdependent relationships with their wives, mm. that they are actually comfortable with that at home but around mm. other guys, they feel like mm. they have to mm. present a picture of themselves. They don't want you yeah. to know yeah. <laughs> that they need their wife. Right. Yeah. They're okay at home. Well, you know, what's fun is when I, I remember this was seven years ago when I, I the last time I hung out with all my brothers at a, at a, at an event, like a re homecoming reunion. And I walked into this house that we had rented and there's 
20, 25 guys there already. It was wonderful to see them. They're, they're, they're bozos, but I love those bozos, you know, yeah. we got history together. But when I walked in, uh, a couple of them, one of them started, he was like, yo, Rawai, what's up, man? Yo, I watch your videos all the time. He started reciting back to me things that I had said in videos uh -huh. about relationships. Yep. He was like ver word for word yep. quoting yep. back to me. It's like, wait a second, where the, what? You motherfuckers, you never comment in public on my videos. You right. don't reshare them, but you yep. but you're watching them. You're paying yeah, attention. Uh, I was really yeah. struck by that. I was yeah, moved no, by that, it. that's and then there's the whole other dimension of it also is that they have a relationship with you that you don't know about. Exactly. Yeah. Which is right. very strange. Yeah. <laughs> One of the strange. strangest things about writing is that people launch into mm. a conversation as if uh, you had been there for the first part of the conversation. Uh, <laughs> but you don't know what they're talking about. That's really funny. There's a, in an article that you wrote, uh, these words, I, I, I took a quote from, I can't remember which article, but that, that's not that important. But, but this, re this really, this really stood out to me. I would love to talk about this for a moment. Heterosexual men often complain about never being able to get it right. Yes. Meaning that no matter how hard they try to soothe any signs of discontent in their partner, she keeps moving the goalposts right for men this is a game they can't afford to lose but can't seem to win well they can't win because it's not a win-lose game mm. they're trying to win something mm. and they and their partners are working at completely cross purposes and so when women make overtures for connection to men men often hear that as a criticism yeah. not they don't hear her saying honey, I'd like us to be closer. They hear it as it's your fault. We're not closer. So she makes an approach and he withdraws. And she, of course, thinks that means he's not interested. But what I've really gotten in, interested in lately, and actually just a few days ago, I decided is the next book um, is so I've been working with this men's fears for over a decade now. And, and then, I, you know, I keep saying, well, well, why? Like, are guys just paranoid? Like, what is the woman's side of this? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I will introduce that. Uh, let me find it here. I will introduce that. I looked up the lyrics mm -hmm. for a song that everyone knows, Stand By Your Man. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics really surprised me. The lyrics are, sometimes it's hard to be a woman. I'm not going to sing it. Given all your love to just one man. I remembered that part. The part I forgot is, You'll have the bad times and he'll have the good times doing things that you don't understand. But if you love him, you'll forgive him, even though he's hard to understand. Mm -hmm. So what, what is fascinating me these days is I've been asking women, what did you learn from your mother mm -hmm. about men? Mm -hmm. Not so much in what she said, but how she behaved towards your father. And the answers are, are so shockingly the same in every different setting. I've asked the question, and they're very upsetting. Mm. But what women, I'd say over 100 women at this point, have said to me is, don't trust men, don't rely on them, and don't expect intimacy from them. They're going to break your heart. Mm -hmm. So this is what women are being taught by their mothers. Mm -hmm. And so when men say, I feel criticized, and we're looking and saying, I don't see the criticism. They're not wrong. Mm -hmm. They are sensing this transgenerational condescension. And to be fair, men earned every bit of this, you mm -hmm. know, by not showing up and not mm -hmm. being available. And, you know, all, yeah. so it's not women didn't yeah. make it up, but you enter into a relationship with a woman and she's already been socialized to think not yeah. to trust you, not yeah. to rely on you. Yeah. So it's, you know, you got two strikes. People have yeah. two strikes yeah. and they try to connect. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the way. I I heard uh, from a, f a female friend of mine, something she added a fourth to your list. The, 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 she said there were two, two things that she was taught. One of them you mentioned, don't depend on a man. The, the, the other one that she said that really struck me was don't inconvenience a man. Huh. Can you say more about what she meant by that? Well, she shared this with me. This is probably 
eight, nine years ago, I was actually doing a podcast with her. She was a very close friend of mine and we were exploring these kinds of issues through a, through a very short lived four episodes. And then we were done a podcast. Um, but yeah, she was, you know, she's a very, she's a strong, independent, brilliant, um, and, and very feminine, uh, emotional in touch yeah. with her emotions, woman, and uh, had been frustrated in love and and uh, relationship and and she was it, she was articulating to me almost like the, the 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 woman's version of I'm damned if I do damned if I don't yeah yeah I I want I want these things from relationship that I'm told not to expect yeah. right and if I step up myself to communicate my needs well now I'm inconveniencing him oh okay now I understand. Right. I'm in I'm inconveniencing him by having needs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I'm I'm asking things of him that he won't want to give. Right. And, and really can't give. Right. You know, basically, women are sort of taught to think of men as sort of retarded children. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, retarded is not the correct term now. Cognitively handicapped. Yeah. Yeah. I I I like to describe it as as women thinking of men as dysfunctional versions of women and men thinking of women as dysfunctional versions of men. Yeah. Which That's is right. a hell of a start to a relationship. Oh, you yeah. have to overcome all that. <laughs> have yeah. a genuine, respectful connection. So so let's start moving into how do men work through this? How do men begin to sure. hope hopefully men are who are listening to this and women too are, are are if they aren't already aware of some of these things they're 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 reflecting and thinking holy shit okay yeah wow that's me i am afraid i don't like my partner's emotions i do try to shut them down or yeah i do you know one one thing that men often say is i feel like i have to walk on eggshells yeah that's almost like i have to get permission to exist Yes. to take up any space. So the, yeah. the permission piece, the be, being abandoned or not feeling like I belong or the fear of being exiled. If I do the wrong thing, want the wrong yeah. thing, say the wrong thing, she'll withdraw her love or somehow I'll be punished, et cetera, or exposed as inadequate. I think, I think Abram, those are all, man, right on the money from, yeah. from what I hear yeah. from men and have experienced myself. Yeah. So what does a man do? How do you coach or example, help men forward give an example from a couple i was working with yesterday it's only the second time i've seen them and he is um uh by his own description an angry maybe rageful guy and he's very sort of practical and he's got sort of a series of set of rules of how things should be and and when he's talking to his wife she is completely checked out and he has no idea and so i worked with him to to talk in a more personal way, to to be less blaming and talk even a little bit about what was going on with him, which had a lot to do with fears. And she softened immediately. So the good side of what we were just saying about how little women expect from men mm -hmm. is that a little goes a long way since they're not expecting yeah. much. Yeah. You don't have to hit it out <laughs> of the park. You know, a, yeah. a blunt single will get you lots Right. of good stuff in return and then yeah. to watch yeah. and notice that it gets you lots of good stuff yeah. and then instead of when things are going south to blame your partner to say oh right because i'm not doing what i know how to do yeah for it to go better yeah and so it's a set of skills that anybody can learn and there is uh what has surprised me a lot is how much more open men are talking with other men than mm -hmm. they are with women. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so there's a chapter in the book for guys about how to find other men mm. who would be interested in talking and set up a group mm -hmm. who get together. And, you know, you can use the book as sort of a book club, like, you know, mm -hmm. to invite people in. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully after you've read the book, then the conversation continues going. But I think the surprise for me was, it works better for men if they talk with other men first. Uh, shameless plug. I have a program, Avram, called Elevate Your Relationship, which is exclusively for men to talk with each other and, and get, get coaching, get support, yeah. be, be witnessed. I think yeah. one of the really valuable things about men coming together with other men to have these conversations is we can say the things that that are hard for us to say that we know on some level, if I say this, it will devastate my 
girlfriend or my wife or my partner or my intimate and and to be able to come into a group of men and say those things and not be not feel shamed or or yep. or exiled and to be to be witnessed and even even you know celebrated not for our not celebrated for the the the, the ways in which we're 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 i don't know how to say this the right way but for for how we're failing but celebrated for the fact that yeah. we're showing up there's a, a new study that just came out it's a bit of a tangent but it's it validates what you're saying they studied implicit bias in 6000 people and the bias about gender was stronger than the bias about race the bias about gender was the strongest bias mm. that people had mm. that in class interestingly mm. and the bias was mostly positive bias towards women negative bias towards men so we're not making this stuff mm -hmm. up yeah and yeah it's actually in my mind kind of a miracle when couples can get through all of this it's it's always moving to me yeah. when you see a couple who have gotten through this stuff and actually just have a real person-to-person -person yeah relationship it's not easy yeah well, we'll we're going to add your your book to uh, the the book list to the men that come in to elevate your relationship because i think this is such an important and useful uh dialogue and conversation but just to to really land this last part what what i'm what i hear from a lot of women and what i hear from men who start to do this work is that the that that she just wants to see him trying yeah she just wants to see him leaning into the challenge versus checking yeah. out and i have one step to make it a little more balanced which is in my experience women don't notice when men start to try mm. because they've often mm -hmm. by the time they come to see mm -hmm. me they've kind of given up mm -hmm. and so there's two steps that have to happen yeah. one is the man has to try and two is you have to get the woman to notice mm. because oh, a lot of times yes. he'll bring it yeah and it just right she's right. seen she's not seen it so often yep and so they both have to happen that, oh yeah so because i think it's it's really important and again this is oh boy it's such a the, the gaps between us are challenging to to yep. bridge because we men you know i i used to have a, a girlfriend who would say um uh, i was with this woman for five years I, i've written a lot about my experiences in this relationship um but she used to tell me i'm not going to kiss your ass i'm not going to blow sunshine up your ass and i remember thinking i don't fucking want you to kiss my ass but damn just stop criticizing me so much and and what what i realize now that i had no clue of then uh and you're but you're speaking to it right now i you know i, I think what makes my relationship with my wife fundamentally different than anything i've ever experienced is i will never give her the emotional connection and depth of love that she craves. I, I'll, I almost can never meet her there fully. Maybe for a moment. Maybe if I take some psilocybin mushrooms. No, she... you're, it's age. You're young. <laughs> okay, well, that gives oh, me it, hope. It gets better. You get That's better nice. with practice. Okay. And I think yeah. 10 years from now, you might say something very different. Well, I think it it also speaks to the longing that my wife has for love, her love of love, yeah. and and I think I have a predisposition more to uh, being in being philosophical and 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 you know, recoursing to perspective. I tend to check out of my body. I'm I'm you know I'm in the practice of staying in my body, staying. Yeah, I think you have the same exact longing she does. I think that's the that's what women need to understand. Yeah, we are just like you. Yeah. in the depth of our longing for connection we're just more defended but it's mm -hmm. underneath the defenses it's just the same yeah well our saving grace is that i i lean in i i make attempts every day to yep. to and they're not grand gestures for the most part they're just you know hugging her every morning that's right that's right genuinely meaningfully not the quick pat on the yep. back see ya you know but the work. criticism stuff, I don't think women by and large know they do it. And I think it's really, that's why this question about what did you learn from your mother is so helpful to women. Mm -hmm. and I invite all the women listening, you know, sit down quietly for 10 or 15 minutes and make yourself a list of what you learned from your mom about men and then look at your mm -hmm. marriage and see how much of that you're doing without realizing it. But yeah. my wife and I have this interaction, we've had it a bunch of times where she'll say, 
um, don't wear that shirt. It doesn't look good on you. And I, I'm on it like a heartbeat. I'm like, obviously, I put the shirt on because I like the way it looks on me. Mm. So if you would just say, I don't like that shirt on you, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. run upstairs in a heartbeat and change mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to fight with me about whether or not it mm-hmm. looks good, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to change my shirt because I care. I want to yeah. be attractive to you, yeah. but I don't like being told yeah. that I picked the wrong shirt. And it's just yeah. a little thing. But to me, it's all right there, which is, you know, she could learn a different way of asking and I could learn to be receptive to what, why wouldn't I be receptive to what she finds attractive? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife, as much as she longs for, I mean, look, we have a, we have a great relationship and, you know, we just, we, we tend to come at things from a little bit of a different, different approach and, and, um, She's very honoring and and praising of the ways that I do show up, and uh, it's again, I never needed a woman to kiss my ass, but I have needed a woman to be honoring of the ways that I do show up. Well, and you wrote a book that I'm looking at over your shoulder called "She's Here Every Day," which is a profound message to send to men, which is it's not like anniversaries and birthdays. Right. Or as a wise person once said to me, yeah. what men don't understand is foreplay begins the minute you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Avram, I, I, I want to finish with, with a question and maybe you just answered sure. it, but we'll finish with that. And then I have a little, a little fun, little lightning round I like to do, but the, sure. the, the final question is, so we've just had a, I think a, a very meaningful and, and profound conversation around men's fear of women, how that shows up in relationships, uh, the, the, the ways that we can begin to, to work with that by really being vulnerable. Um, what, if we could summarize into one key insight that, that, that our listeners could leave with, right? What's the, what's one key insight that you'd want them to take from this? Can I I give one for men and one for women? Sure. hundred percent. The women, I would say, the bigger jerk your husband is being, the more scared he is and the more he wants to find a way to connect with you. Give him some room, help him out. You will get paid back many times over. Mm-hmm. And to men, I would say, the more angry you notice yourself getting and the more defensive you notice yourself getting, you're, you're off the rails and you're never going to get what you want. What you want is to connect and be cared about and loved and just you need to take a deep breath or walk around the block and come back when you can keep that goal in mind mm-hmm. and behave in a way that makes it likely you'll get it because yeah. you will because your wife is there and wants it if you as you said if you bring it a little bit you will get a big response great great thank you so just want to finish up quickly with uh what i call your five core emotional triggers just a way of helping our listeners get to know you a little bit more sure. and feel into your your humanity a bit sure. and it's very simple it's gonna be five questions first question what makes you mad people not doing what they say they're going to do i feel that don't say you... it you're not going to do it don't say it don't tell me you're going to do it mm. just yeah. don't do it <laughs> don't say it yeah, don't say it yeah uh got it what makes you sad uh man the the loneliness and emptiness my dad died uh you know a very shortened sad Mm. he was a wonderful guy and he had very little happiness so men who aren't able to be uh, joyful in their lives Mm. yeah thank you what makes you feel joy Mm. living in maine uh not working all the time Mm. and being free to have a day where I can wake up in the morning and decide what I want to do and do it. Mm. Sounds good to me. I'm mm. in. What causes you to feel fear? Uh, my wife still, as much as I've worked on this, losing her, the thought of losing her is mm. still terrifying to me. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, my kids are grown, but I still, I still am scared that they won't be okay. So anything mm. that when they're suffering, there's an old Jewish saying that a, person is only as happy as their least happy child. And I keep trying to prove it's not true, but I suspect mm. it might be. Or at least there's a lot of truth in it. That's interesting. So when my kids are suffering. 
how long have you been married to your wife now? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what causes you, this is dealer's choice, this last one. What causes you to feel either shame or embarrassment or just makes you want to hide from the world? I get embarrassed when people tell me how much this work means to them because I am much more comfortable saying I'm just a conduit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was fortunate enough to listen to all of these men and mm-hmm. compile it into a story. Mm-hmm. So like, thank those guys who told me I get uncomfortable when people attribute that to me. Got it. Thank you. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Avram, where can people learn more about you, what you're up to, get your books? You can go to avramweissphd.com, A-V-R-U-M-W-E-I-S-S-P-H-D. And because I said the thing that pisses me off is people not doing what they said, I respond to every email I get. If you don't hear back from me in 24 hours, it's because I didn't get your message. Mm. If I get it, I will reply. And I get some extraordinary people telling me, you know, very deeply personal things about themselves. And I think of that as a precious gift that I've been given and have to respond respectfully. So if you have questions about the book or about this topic, I will do my best to get you an answer. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining us on Men This Way. It's been an honor, and and I'm really excited for everyone to get to hear our conversation. And Brian, thank you for the work you're doing for men. Thank you. Uh, Fully received, uh, especially coming from a a wise male elder, of which I have too few in my life. So thank you. I'm hoping you weren't going to add elder in there. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say older. I said elder. (laughs) That's a very important distinction. Yeah. I'm going to be 70 in a few months. I'm I'm trying to get used to it. I understand. I'm, I'm approaching 50 and that's a weird, I guess yeah. I, I, I have never yeah, been yeah. 50 before in the same way you have okay. never been 70 before. So Absolutely. I get it. It's a strange thing. Again, thank you, sir, so much. My pleasure. Glad to talk with you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to Dr. Avram Weiss. You can find Dr. Weiss at www.avram, A-V-R-U-M-W-E-I-S-S-P-H-D.com. Of course, that link and any additional resources will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. And remember, if you'd like to experience empowering transformational coaching with me to help elevate your intimate relationship, go to brianreeves.com slash EYR and fill out the application on that page to get started on your coaching journey with me. It's brianreeves.com slash EYR. And again, lastly, please go write a review of this podcast on your podcast app. Doing so helps me and the show immensely. I really, genuinely, deeply, profoundly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.